Hello everybody, my name is Lauren Thomas and you are listening to Get Context. Y'all, I'm excited to start this episode. This is my first episode of 2019. What is up? Happy New Year, I guess. I know it's still, um, it's very late for that kind of message, but if I haven't, if you haven't heard from me, then Happy New Year. I hope that your first part of January has gone successfully well, and if not, guess what? We're still living, we're still moving, we still have every thing that we need in order to make it happen in order to do well in order to accomplish what it is we're we're doing and for me a new year is always a fresh start so we're still early in 2019 I just hope that you use what you can in order to redirect your life so that you're able to accomplish what it is just you set your mind to especially for the sake of the kingdom my faith has grown so much over the last year it's been chaotic and crazy but good especially for my faith especially for me learning to trust God in every way that kind of you know helps to launch the conversation today about lacking faith and having sincere doubt um and how we deal with that what that looks like how God um helps us through that how we can view faith from the lens of the gospel not that faith is not cultivated by the gospel but how we think of it less as a carnal means or a carnal thing to fix physical thing to fix and more of a a spiritual god design thing in order for us to level up in that way so without further ado we're going to get started in the topic of sincere doubt and lack of faith So the first thing I want to mention is just I want to kind of define faith um, in a general sense because I want to go deeper in another video that I'll be recording for next week. But generally, true biblical faith brings heart and soul into agreement with God's word and produces submission and obedience to God. Case closed. So nothing physical, nothing that we have to do, nothing that we have to work at with our own means and our own effort with our own logic and things like that but every bit of our submission and obedience to God who cultivates that for us but I want to do a faith comparison because for us to get to a point where we lack faith or have sincere doubt in God there has to be some sort of influence rather or some reason or cause to that so I want to start with a faith comparison so there's three kind of levels to faith there's the no faith or the very tiny literally I just do not think that things just happen out of the blue and I'll explain that in a little bit so the no faith part of it there's also very little faith and then there's great faith so no faith is pretty much the lowest level and it's what I would term as counterfeit faith it's intellectual assent alone meaning you can only believe what is explained in the natural you will not you cannot accept what scripture clearly reveals as supernatural these things don't happen naturally therefore you cannot believe that they ever did happen you don't kill or steal or and are essentially a a decent person honest um so you feel that this makes you a good christian so that's what the no faith kind of looks like it really needs to be a physical evidence of something in order for you to trust and believe in it Then there's the little faith level, which is you believe, but you'll only really believe when the faith is confirmed by a sign or by feeling. So at the foot of the mountain, there is the genuine, I believe, Lord, but help me help my unbelief level of faith. And then there's the great faith. 
and to faith in God's word without the constant need for outward confirmation or the need for strong inner feelings. A faith that says, Lord, I believe your word is truth, even though there is so much I cannot yet understand and cannot yet explain or cannot yet successfully defend in a debate. So that's the definite faith. So shifting with that in mind, I want to start talking about what keeps us from losing faith. So now that we know the different levels of faith and can make that comparison, if we have any of that, what keeps us from losing it? Um, And I want to kind of venture to say it's not a what, but a who. And simply put, it's God. We're first to be convinced that it is God who who gives us faith. Anything that we receive from God is maintained by God and not by anything that we can do. So this is confirmed by a scripture, which I want to bring up. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13, and it reads, Therefore, my dear ones, if you, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out or cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Not in your own strength, though, for it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire, but to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. Y'all, that was a mouthful, but that's because I'm reading the Amplified Classic Version. If you've ever listened to any of my videos, podcasts, anything that I've posted, you know that I, I tend to float to that version because it gives us a clearer understanding. But you can... Basically, look up that scripture in the version that you prefer. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. And it talks about how God is responsible for our faith. It is God who works in us, both to will, both to, to want and desire, and to do, to bring forth, to manifest his good pleasure. It is God's job to cultivate that in us, and not just create it, but to maintain it. So if we're convinced that it is God who preserves us, even to the smallest of faiths, then it is because we first trust that he is God, that he is most capable of providing a faith that does not wither, even when it is small, and that faith goes beyond our intellectual, logistical, and carnal means. And another example is Numbers 23, verse 19, which reads, God is not a man that he should tell or act a lie, neither the son of man that he should feel repentance or compunction for what he has promised. Has he said, and shall he he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So basically with this verse, this scripture reveals God's character and being faithful to what he promises and gives, especially to his children. But I want to briefly bring to light some examples of what we might think is small faith and why we might struggle like, you know, the examples that I will bring forth from biblical times, why we think we might struggle with believing God. So I want to bring forth, first and foremost, Sarah's uh, situation with bearing children. She thought that she was barren, um, well, at least according to her age and according to her physical condition. She was well into her upper age at the point where, according to science, you were unable to have a child. Um, or it was not safe, or it's not safe to have a child. She was well into the age, um, but God had promised her that she would have her own child. And, of course, if you read the story, you learn that she sent Hagar to, to, you know, bear a child with Abraham. 
and she thought that that was God's will fulfilled for her. When in fact, God truly meant for her to bear a child, to conceive and labor and deliver a baby physically with no doubt. Um, and then we understand that Sarah in this story laughs at it. <laughs> she simply says that, God, you're talking about me who's old in age, who does not know, uh, who has never known conception, who has never been fertile, uh, someone who is old in age, someone who is physically, uh, you know, old. You're talking about me, God. Um, God, you mean I'm going to have a child. So, in this instance, you think Sarah, I mean, some, somewhat she has that little faith, that doubt, that distrust, that um, not so much that she didn't trust God, but but that doubt, that kind of questioning about whether or not God, God thought it was her that would be able to bear this child. And you can find that story in Genesis, Genesis chapter 18. But you'll move on to doubting Thomas, um, and you can find that story in John chapter 20 where all of the disciples had seen Jesus. Jesus had just been raised from the dead. After being dead for three days, the disciples had seen him. He had appeared to them, and Thomas was not there. And when Thomas appears with the disciples, Jesus had gone. Um, and the disciples are saying, hey, Thomas, we just saw Jesus. Jesus is alive. He is well. He is at work. He is moving, functioning just like he did before he left. Um, and Thomas says... Unless I see the nail prints in his hands and his feet and the scar on his side, I cannot believe. And so a few verses from that chapter, it says, uh, verses 25 through 30 read, The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So in this instance, Thomas is doubting. He has genuine lack of faith, not because he doesn't know Jesus, but because he needs a sign or he needs to feel or he needs proof that Jesus exists. That's that little faith, small but real. So then we move on to Gideon, who was given the task of taking on the enemy um, and Despite the dramatic appearance of the angel, he asked for a sign from the angel and he got it. Now, he, Gideon, had weak faith. This is found in Judges chapter 6. He had weak faith. But still, his weak faith compelled him to ask of the angel for a sign, which he received. So, although he had weak faith, it compelled him to ask of the angel for a sign, but it did not compel him into active service. He didn't immediately leave to fight um, the enemy as he was told or to take on the enemy as he was told because he needed a sign at first. Little faith, yet still faith. So I want you to be encouraged in a few ways. For one, that doubt is mostly a matter of little faith, which means there is hope. Because guess what? Faith grows. That growth is cultivated in the word of God. And you can read through Matthew chapter 13. Verses 31 through 32 in your own time. But uh, in a nutshell. Then you have another example of the mustard seed faith. Uh, and this quote that I read online. I thought was so good. And it says a mustard seed faith. Is still capable of bearing great fruit for God. So the first step to growing. 
faith is to know the source of it all, to know God himself, to know that he created us from the beginning of time for his glory, to commune and worship with him and to be his hands and feet on the earth. How we strayed away from that, but we're brought back to that by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when we receive that, we're given the Holy Spirit who endows in us, who instills in us faith, which we'll talk about that in my video that I'm excited to post this coming weekend. But that faith is cultivated when we know the source, when we know God himself. And then once we learn God, you develop true faith. True faith grips the heart of a man or woman, not merely their intellect. So guys, I want you to be encouraged that if you are one who struggles with sincere doubt, lack of faith, and I don't mean apostasy as I clarified in my video that I posted on my YouTube channel, go check that out, notyouraveragegirl.org slash series. Um, and you can kind of watch the introductory video to this series. But I'm not talking about apostasy, like I said. I talk, I talk only about those who struggle with faith. So where there is some belief, but maybe there are external things that are influencing you. Or maybe you need a proof of a sign. Or maybe you um, haven't seen God move in a certain way. Or maybe there are unanswered prayers. But know that learning God produces faith. And when it produces faith, whether it be big or small, it's still capable to grow and do big things for the sake of the kingdom of God. And then I want to leave you with this quote. It says, so often it is the words of fellow believers that stirs up faith in us again. Faith that assures us afresh that despite the negative events and the apparent silence from heaven so far, that God is still on the throne and still knows what he is doing. But I have come to understand what I believe is the greatest level of great faith, a faith that still flickers deep within the human heart when a darkness is so deep, so thick, so prolonged that the person has long passed beyond waiting in hope and is reduced to waiting for hope. So, guys, I pray that that is your uh, that will spur you on into believe in God more into a deeper faith into a deeper knowledge of him more so that that knowledge keeps you whether or not you see it manifest in the physical or or, or not so guys thank you so much for listening into this episode I pray that you have gained something from this episode and I pray that you'll be able to share this with someone who needs to learn about faith and wants to go deeper in faith now if you want to know a little bit more about how faith operates you can go back to uh, a few episodes it's episode eight to learn about how faith operates as always guys i would really appreciate your feedback about this show you never know i may include you in an upcoming episode so here's how you can reach me in your podcast app first of all i want you to write a comment and rate this show so other listeners know what to expect when they listen you can also call or text my podcast line at 434 434- 253-5684 or you can visit my website at notyouraveragegirl.org slash connect this podcast is available on apple Podcasts and stitcher and i've grown it greatly and it's now available on anchor on spotify overcast and podbean and it is one of many resources that are available to you you can also read my blog view my weekly bible studies and do so much more on my website Again, it's notyouraveragegirl.org. As you study God in his word, I pray that you'll read by faith, grow in grace, and do it all in context. Thank you for listening in with me, Lauren Thomas. Until next time, y'all. Bye.